millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Fixed Shorts with Richard and Jim. Solutions podcast in 15 minutes or less. So, Jim, here we are on the day after the election doing our post-election special, trying to come up with stuff that other people haven't said. But I got to tell you, like a lot of people, I'm exhausted. I was yeah, up until yeah. 4 or 4.30 in the morning, crunching through the numbers and, and just really surprised by, by what happened. Well, and it's not just that, you know, the, the pollsters misread this or the pundits misread it. It's that I think we have an entire institution of media and opinion that misunderstood the country and a sense of anxiety that's out there was not taken seriously. You just said two words out there. So I'm going to start right right away with a solution. Why can't we have more network news programs and uh, media shows that don't come from here, Manhattan, where we are? Or from Los Angeles, but actually, you know, Duluth, Minnesota. Let's do a show from Duluth. Well, speaking of Duluth, Peoria, Illinois, tweet, you know, El right. Paso, Texas. There was a tweet the other day. For, I think it was a New York Times reporter who said, "I have no idea where the Iron Range is, but but I know I'm looking at the poll numbers from there." Well, you know, the Iron Range is of northern Minnesota, and you know, an important, not very densely populated region where you see a lot of support for Trump. I think this is the Caddyshack election. You know, in our popular culture, the idea of rich, sophisticated, Ivy League educated people often is met with a certain amount of resentment and cynicism by people who consider themselves salt of the earth. If you remember Caddyshack, you know, um, there was Rodney Dangerfield played this nouveau riche guy who offended all of the well-heeled, preppy golf club people. That's who Trump is. You know, people know he's rich. But he acts like a nouveau rich guy who behaves the way they'd like to behave if they got rich. And they kind of – people sort of got a kick out of him kicking over the apple cart and making Some trouble. Some people did. Yeah. But you know, they're responding to a deep strain in our culture where we tend to distrust the polished elite sometimes and, and go for the – he was called the chaos candidate – that seems like a negative thing. I think it's a negative thing. But you could see why for some people it, was an, it, it came across as a positive. A lot of things he was criticized for, people kind of shrugged off because, yeah, he's acting like a jerk. That didn't seem so problematic to them because they don't feel welcomed or respected by the people he was criticizing. That's true, but, we, but equally true is, is the pushback that, that 
those people deserve when they're intolerant of people who oh, aren't like them. Absolutely. I mean, racism was a factor in this election. We have to face that. Yeah, no. But listen, I also want to be very, very clear. I'm critical of current media government establishment. To me, Trump is like the worst possible candidate. And, and I've, I'm so much the opposite of ever supporting yeah, because what he, he comes stands out, for. He comes out of the media. So here's the question. Why didn't all that horrible stuff Trump say hurt him? The well, reason it did I hurt him, it, it hurt yeah, him a yeah. lot. It hurt him a lot I mean, with a lot of decent people. A who, lot of people turn out to vote who, who, to vote who against who him. Voted against him, right? I mean, and and some of the awful stuff he said about women, right? That that in the exit polling I was looking at, that was a huge concern yeah, for an awful lot of be, people, as it should be. But my point is, so how did he wind up getting elected? And if we're going to understand that, we do need to dig back because it wasn't noticed by the New York Times, but it was noticed by those people, you know, in the Iron Range in Minnesota, those people who called themselves bitter clingers as a joke because they knew that's what Obama thought of them, that they cling to their guns and religion. That resentment has been building up for a long time, and it wasn't taken seriously enough. It doesn't so, make it right. No, it doesn't make it right. But, but I'm trying to explain the, yeah, how yeah, it happened. That, one of the things we need to do on our show is, is understand what went on here. And what didn't go on here as well, because Hillary Clinton's vote did not collapse. We're not talking about a right. Ronald Reagan 1980 all, election when incumbent President Jimmy Carter was defeated by a vast number of people. No. This was a small shift, relatively, a change of about 5%. But still amazing. I mean, I thought vote. he would win in an overwhelming—excuse I mean, he would excuse me, that he would lose in an overwhelming landslide. I just thought the stuff he said was so toxic yeah. that he couldn't possibly survive it. And the fact that he did is still staggering to me. So I'm struggling to dig back and see how the public just came to shrug off stuff. One, um, but I think I think what you're also saying is is that going forward we need to think of ourselves not as hyphenated Americans, but as Americans who share concerns that other people share, and that's made really difficult by some of the racist and sexist stuff that Trump said. Yes, which is a mirror image of the identity politics on the left. You know, I, I think we've seen this on both sides. When people constantly criticize critics of Obama, say, well, they're just white guys who don't like losing their power. Sometimes that might have been true. But when that's your standard answer to any time somebody disagrees with you, after a while, people tune it out. And they, they resent being treated that way. They resent people making assumptions about them. They, so sadly, Trump can say anything sadly. and people just say, yeah, whatever. And they shouldn't. Right. One of the really alarming things is the way that the Trump campaign somehow gave certain people a feeling they had permission to allow this really ugly stuff to come out. But at the same time, I think that Trump's excesses didn't bother people that much because they weren't expecting him to be precise. What he does is you take something that has a grain of truth or at least something worth debating. It's like, I don't agree with him, but it's worth debating the impact of trade. Then he wildly overstates stuff and, and he makes anybody who wants to have a rational discussion sort of back away from even, even touching the topic. He did that with immigration, did that with a lot of issues, but his supporters don't take him so literally. They, they, they understand, they charitably look for the broader thrust of what he's saying. But, but, can, they, he, but can he govern like that? I no, don't know. I don't think so. I think so. it's really worrisome. Yeah. I think it's really worrisome. Government requires some pretty precise language. He doesn't seem and, capable and, and of the, that. And, and America's reputation overseas oh my has God. really been damaged. It's really worrisome. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you think about foreign affairs um, 
and how just one line, you know, one one misguided statement can reverberate for years. And I, I know that the lesson or one of the lessons of this election is that people vote their hunches, they vote their hearts, uh, they don't seem to be bothered by details uh, in, in, in policy. That, to me, is disturbing, especially when you look at something like climate change and, and the Paris Agreement. There could be a tremendous amount of damage. It's interesting. As politics has gotten more ideological and personal, it's gotten harder to discuss policy. You know, and, and it's gotten harder to sit down and say, okay, what do we do about trade? What do we do about immigration? Where can we meet on this when everyone is so anxious just to find one phrase the other person uses that can then brand them as a terrible well, Jim, person? Well, that, Jim, that's what we got to do. Well, we've got to push back against that. Yeah. So usually the most optimistic candidate wins. That usually does happen. It right. certainly happened eight years ago with, with Barack Obama. It happened famously with Ronald Reagan back in 1980. Sure. I think— th- and, and Bill Clinton. Be, they're going to be—and Bill Clinton. There are going to be so many people throwing grenades at Hillary Clinton. My little pea shot or grenade is that she left it way too late before she talked about her— vision of hope yeah and yeah. her sense of how we can make things better in america well i mean it was a it was a so, negative campaign because trump provided such a target-rich environment <laughs> i mean every day something really indefensible was coming out of his mouth so you, you in a way you can't blame him but i think it wasn't just that her tone wasn't positive she didn't have much in the way of policy to talk about that was new or different and in a change election people were they didn't really want another obama term Okay, so what happens now? A lot of people are wondering, okay, what's Trump going to do? He's so unpredictable. We have no idea, you know, and he's so reactive to whoever insulted him most recently. But how about Congress? There's Republicans in Congress are going to have a lot of say. What if they say, let's sit down with Democrats instead of being triumphal, saying we won, you lost, we're going to cram stuff down your throat. What if they sat down and said, Let's come up with a list of things we do agree on, things like sentencing reform, where you know you have elements of both the right and the left that know the way that people are sentenced today is, is not right. It has a, bears a heavy burden on minority communities, poor communities. What about things like occupational licensing, where you, know, you have to go to school for 18 months to get permission to be a hairdresser in some states? That's a huge burden on working-class people trying to start businesses. They could come up with a list of stuff and then sit down and talk to Democrats about it. They certainly could. One area is business tax reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so unbelievably complicated, right. and, it, and it discourages many people from forming businesses. Yes. The number of new businesses being formed in this country has been falling. I know, amazing. At a time where we're supposed to have economic growth, one of the reasons for that is our Byzantine tax system right. and also our regulatory system. You don't have to think that we need to get rid of environmental regulations to be in favor of making things simpler. Yes. I mean, we saw that when we were trying to revive the economy in 2008 after the god-awful mess of the financial crisis. Shovel-ready, it takes ages to get shovel-ready projects <laughs> That's right. Done. Even Obama admitted, we, we, yeah. And Hillary Clinton has admitted that we need more right. tax reform. So yes, let's get Republicans and Democrats together in Congress right. to do their job. So let's look at a whole range of areas where we can agree. Another area which is interesting, I think there's a majority in this new Congress for not tearing up all of our free trade agreements. That'll and, and be really putting interesting. putting the brakes on yeah. Donald Trump, I think that's very important because 
one of the most worrying things about adding crazy tariffs on imported goods is we're going to have inflation up the wazoo. Yeah. And one of the triumphs of the last 15, 20 years has been 25 years or 25 yeah. years mm-hmm. has been the taming of inflation. We yeah. need to protect those gains. It's not a romantic subject, but it makes a big difference for American consumers. I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't think we may not get that much leadership from the White House. I think they're going to be disorganized. Maybe Congress could surprise us for a change and show that some cooperation is possible. Nevertheless, we're, we're left, though, with a great deal of campaign wreckage, and America's very deeply divided. So we need a civility revolution. Mm-hmm. We need all of us to be less snarky. We need to reach out and find people who really see the world very differently right. than, than we do. There's a wonderful article in the New York Times recently by Arthur Brooks, who's the head of the American Enterprise Institute, a conservative, and the Dalai Lama. And, and they spoke about the need for volunteering, for reaching out beyond our selfish selves mm-hmm. to other people and mm-hmm. to help and get out into the community more. And I do feel right now, if you're listening and you're depressed and you're embittered at the moment, that then, then reach out. I, I love what the head of an environmental group said to their supporters this morning after this result, saying that it was a big blow, but urging them to bring creativity and passion to finding new ways forward. It's a positive message. I mm-hmm. don't th- think that we should retreat into ourselves and be depressed. We need to be positive and to stand up in positive ways for what we believe in. And I think what your point about the volunteering it's also about re-engaging with a community that's broader than just your friends or people that are like you. It's how do we fix it. I'm Richard Davis. And I'm Jim Meggs. Thanks for joining us on this election <laughs> this our, special. This is our somewhat stunned <laughs> on this, election on this recap. miserable rainy day in New York. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.